to be here tonight and this morning. So I'm glad you're here this morning, but you must come back tonight, hey? Come back to the city celebration tonight. But it is, as I mentioned, such an incredible privilege. I want to say to Stan and Heather, they didn't ask me to say this, but I want to say to you guys, thank you for this opportunity, to the eldership team. You guys are wonderful, incredible people. But, but Stan and Heather, these guys are incredible leaders. They didn't ask me to say this. Yes, yes. No, no I mean, you guys are incredibly blessed as a local church to have these guys leading this church in this season for such a time as this. You guys have been incredible friends, incredible like family to us, and you guys as a church have been, have been absolutely amazing as well. So I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. I also want to say, hey, I've got a lot of thanks to say. I want to, I want to say happy Mother's Day, all you wonderful mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy, enjoy your mother. <laughs> if, you're, if you get to see your mother today, enjoy it. I'm not with my mother. My mother's back in, in America, in the US, and so I'll see her on, we're flying back tomorrow, so I'll see her on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then we'll celebrate Mother's Day then. But if you get to see your mother today, please celebrate her, and remember that I don't get to celebrate mine, so celebrate her even a bit more. But, but I just also want to say thank you. I mean, this, this church, you guys have, like, as I mentioned, you've been like family to us. My, my great-grandmother, my great-granny, she was part of Glenridge for, for years and years up until she went to be with Jesus. And so I want to say thank you for that. And then, yeah, I mean, Tika and Sandy, the guys that lead our church now, came in and through this church. And, and so thank you for, for just who you guys are. And I also want to say just thank you for being a base church into the nations. Man, we, we still hear to this day testimonies around the whole world, not just here in South Africa, around the world, that you guys are an operating based church, a kingdom-minded church that exists for the nations of the world. And so I want to say thank you so much to this whole church. Yes, to the leaders, but to this entire church. Thank you for the battleship church that you are, the base church that you are into all the nations of the world. It's such a privilege to be here, hey? And I've said, I've said this about, about Glenridge Church, that you are a church of rich, rich history, but an even more incredible and brighter future. I hope that you believe that, because we believe that around the world about this local church, but I hope that you, as someone who is part of Glenridge Church, believe that the future is way better than the past ever could be. You know, for the, <laughs> for the sake of time, I'm going to skip the, I've got a whole intro but I'm going to skip it this morning. We're going to, we're going to skip the appetizer and we're going to get straight to the main course. Is that okay with you guys this morning? We're going to skip the appetizer. We're going to go straight to the steak, the meat, the meat of this morning. Oh my gosh, you guys have incredible, incredible meat in this country. You saw, I, I, I tell you what, it would be hard to be a vegetarian or a vegan living here. Because <laughs> you guys, man, it's awesome. And we've chowed steaks. We've been here for three weeks now in South Africa. First international trip since COVID hit for my dad and I, and, and we're loving it, but we've been chowing steaks, and I mean, we've been hitting everything. We've done steaks in, in Cape Town, we've done steaks in Durban, we've done steaks in Joburg, we've done, we've done it all, and so I'm, I'm happy we're towards the end of this leg. I'm excited to get back home to the United States of America, but man, this is so awesome to be here. But like I said, we're skipping. I'm getting distracted, but we're skipping the appetizer this morning. 
If you've got a Bible, will you turn in it with me to the book of Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 1 we're going to be reading this morning. I really believe that everything that the Bible has to say is much more important than anything that I could ever say. That the Bible is the already God-breathed, the already God-inspired Word of God. Meaning that everything in there is already empowered and we just read it this morning and we adjust where we need to adjust. But it's got way more weight and pull and give than me and anything that I could say. And I really just feel just this morning for you guys as a local church, in just saying, hey, thanks for being this, this base church in the nations, I, I want to just challenge you guys as a local church this morning to keep contending to be who God's called you to be. And I just feel in this Ephesians 1 text for you guys as a local church this morning that there are some things in here that we're going to read that are, are things for you guys as a local church to keep contending for these things so that you can keep being the base church that God's called you to be. And I really believe that the moment that we stop contending for these things is the moment that we stop being these things. And so we've got to keep contending for them. We've got to keep coming back to them. And I did say well done and thank you, but we've got to keep contending to walk more and more into the plans and purposes of God. Awesome, let's start reading, hey? We've built it up now. So verse 15, we're going to start reading in verse 15. Paul, he, he, he's revealing his heart to the, to the church at Ephesus, and, and he's, actually, he's actually writing down his prayer that he's been praying for the church at Ephesus. And he says this. Oh, check that. It's even on the screen. It says that in verse 15. It says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Isn't that so challenging? Man, I've, I've tried that. With our, with our partnering churches around the world, I've tried that. Every time I think of you, I've tried saying, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for that local church. Every time I think of someone in another nation, another region, in Paris, in, in Portugal, all around the world, I thank God every time I remember you. And I can't say that I've done that every time, but I certainly am trying to do that. But firstly... This morning, first thing that we need to keep contending for in order to keep being the base that God has called you guys to be is we need to keep contending for our covenantal relationships and partnerships. This is a big deal. And I, I mentioned relationships and partnerships because I do believe that there's a bit of a difference. Relationship speaks of obviously our friendship, our relationship with one another, and our partnership speaks of our responsibility. With one another. In, in Philippians 1, Paul's writing to the church of Philippi and he says, I, I thank my God every time I remember you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. That word partnership, and it, it means active participation. So there's a role and a responsibility for us to play, but we are not just serious about fun function, we're also about friendship. And so we got to keep contending that we are friendship not just function. We've got to keep coming back to relationship. And I don't just come in here and offload my latest and greatest revelation and then, hey, to heck with you guys and we'll see you, see you next time. No, this is partnership. This is kononia. This is active participation with one another. And we've got to keep coming back to and contending for all of these things. And this is not a normal thing. You need to know that, that this is not a normal thing. And I've grown up in this 
team of NCMI and, and NCMI partnering churches around the world. This is not a normal thing at all. Man, you go, you go check out other people's ranks, things, networks, whatever you want to call it, teams, denominations, anything like that. And there is this lack of relationship, partnership and relationship that we get to be a part of each other's lives, that we have a role to play in each other's lives. And, and I've said this, that, that you can pick anywhere in the world, pick a place, pick a region, pick a spot, and by the absolute grace of God, more likely than not, we have got a partnering church in that city, in that region. Praise God. But we've got a partnering church in that city, in that region, who will host you, who will have you, who will give you opportunities, who will show you around, who will just, just honestly be a part of your life and invest into you. And it is the most incredible privilege. And I've seen it all around the world. And I've certainly seen it here in South Africa and here in Durban. It's the most incredible thing, but it is not a normal thing. It's, it's biblical, right? This team that we, that, this team that you guys partner with and this, this partnership that you have with local churches around the world, is it a biblical thing, but it's not a normal thing. But we've got to be able to celebrate it and keep contending for it day in and day out. And contending for our covenantal relationships, it means celebrating our unity, but also celebrating our diversity. That we are unified, that under the name of Jesus Christ, He has called us, these are God-given partnerships, God-given relationships. He has called us to be unified under the name of Jesus Christ, but we also just as much need to celebrate our diversity, that this thing, what we get to be a part of, what you get to be a part of, you, yes, I'm talking to you right now, what you get to be a part of is global. What we get to be a part of is global, meaning it's got different expressions, I mean, we sang a song in a different language this morning, and forgive me, I don't know what language it was, but, but there's different expressions, cultures, they, faces, names, colors around the whole world, and it is the most incredible thing, and we need to celebrate and keep celebrating who God's called us to be. And so for you guys, Glenridge Church, keep celebrating who God has made you to be, but also celebrate our unity that we have amongst other believers and partnering churches around the entire nation of the world. And Every local church should delight in the bigger picture. You know, I think naturally we kind of, we, we, we look inward and, and down and we look situation and circumstance and right in front of us and we need that constant enlarging to be able to say, you know what, I want to celebrate and contend for my covenantal relationships around the world. And I'm grateful. I, I, I live in a place called uh, Denver, Colorado in the United States of America. It's right in the middle of the country. But I'm grateful. I'm part of a great church there called Redemption City Church. But I'm grateful it's not just us. Because if it was just us, man, we wouldn't have much significance. But because God has called us to be part of something that's global, that's around the world, that's national, that's global, that's everywhere, it's the most incredible privilege. And because of that, we've got influence. We've got everything that we could possibly need. And here's a question that we can ask ourselves to see whether we're serious about these covenantal relationships. When another church, when another partnering church around the world, or when a person in a partnering church, when they have some victory, when they see some breakthrough, do you celebrate it? You, I'm, I'm talking to you individually, not just you as a church, you individually, do you celebrate it as if it's your own? 
And then the flip side of that, when, when a church or a person or someone is struggling, when it's a fruitless season, do you carry these guys and care for them as if it was happening to you? As if it was happening to this church? And I want to get always better and better at that, that when I hear about what is happening in our partnering churches around the world, I want to celebrate with them, but I also want to care for them and contend to carry them through in prayer, in, in reaching out, in all those things. And so for you, do you celebrate and carry partnering churches and people around the world as if it was Glenridge Church, as if it was your own family, as if it was you yourself? That's what partnership is, I believe. And I believe that the more that the whole of this church can do this, not just the leaders, not just a select few, not the individuals, each and every single person, the more that the entire church can carry this, the stronger and healthier and better I believe that your local church will be, but also the more God can entrust you with them. I really believe that. That when you're, the, when you're faithful with everything that God's given you, including these God-given partnerships and relationships, God can entrust you with more, but He also can entrust you with, with, with greater things because you've been faithful with everything that God's given you. Amen, is that okay? Happy Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not going to be the typical Mother's Day message, but Stan will preach that next week. So come back next week, all you mothers. Awesome, let's keep reading. Verse 17, he says this. He says, I keep asking. Now that does not mean that he prays this once. This is a time and time again type of prayer. He says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order that you may know Him better. And that Him, we are so clear that that's Jesus, right? Jesus is that Him. And we have the wonderful privilege when we have wisdom and revelation. The purpose of those things is to know Jesus more. It's not to, again, offload our latest and greatest to other people. It's not to share it with others. The purpose of revelation, when Jesus reveals himself to you, it's so that you can know him better. And that word know, it comes from the Greek word gnosko, which speaks of intimacy and personal relationship. And so we have the wonderful privilege of knowing Jesus. And so firstly, as I mentioned, we need to contend for our covenantal relationships and partnerships. And then secondly is this, that we need to contend for our ongoing revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is the most important thing. This means more than anything else. And if you catch anything this morning, please let it be this, that you are called to keep growing in your revelation of Jesus. That this is an ongoing revelation of Jesus Christ. Nothing else makes sense if it's not put under this revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and you, all these other pursuits... I mean, pursuits of ministry and leadership. You've got leadership coming up, leadership training coming up in a, in a few weeks. It means nothing without this first and foremost revelation of Jesus Christ and accolades and academics if you're in school. Those are all great things and yes, strive for them, but your number one pursuit is your revelation of Jesus Christ. For all you single people, your number one pursuit is not finding a husband or finding a wife. It is your revelation of Jesus Christ. If you're married, it's not about making your wife happy or your husband happy. 
It's about your revelation of Jesus Christ first and foremost. That is your number one pursuit of your life. You've been created to know Jesus and to make him known. And I believe, my dad said this, that a, that a constant correct view of Jesus will give us a constant correct view of everything else. That when this is lined up, everything else is going to get sorted out the way that it should. But we've got to keep coming back to and intentionally pursuing our own revelation of Jesus. Philippians 3.8, Paul says, I consider all things a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So that is the surpassing worth, that nothing is worth more than my revelation of Jesus and for me to be able to walk in intimacy with Jesus Christ every single day. And it's amazing that, that this church, Ephesus, that Paul's writing to in, in this letter that we're reading, this was a base church. This was a pumping church. I mean, the Bible says that, that in the city, the region of Ephesus, that the name of the Lord was held in high honor. And it's amazing how in Revelation 2, when, when, when Jesus is, is telling John to write to the, to the seven churches, the first church that Jesus said to write to was Ephesus. And he says, he says all these things. He says, Jesus says, you've done this well. You've persevered. You've stood the test. You've done all these wonderful things. But I hold this one thing against you. He says this, you've, you have forsaken your first love. In other words, you've been doing all these things for me, but you've forgotten about me. And this is that same church that Paul's writing to here saying, don't lose your revelation of Jesus Christ. Contend for your revelation of Jesus. And then Jesus says in that revelation too, I'm going to take away your lampstand unless you repent. Repent and come back. Otherwise, I will take away your lampstand, your influence. And I want to say for you, Glenridge Church, keep pursuing Jesus Christ, your ongoing revelation of Jesus. Keep pursuing Him. Don't forsake your first love. Don't forget about Jesus. Don't get so caught up doing stuff for God that you forget to do it with Him. Is that okay? And we lose our way when we lose our why. So never lose your why. For our personal lives, we must continue to ask this question. Is Jesus Christ the focus of my life or is he just featured in my life? In other words, does, does he have first place? Does he have supremacy? Does he have first place or does he just have a place? Is Jesus, is he, your, is he your whole life or is he just in your life? And may we keep coming back to that Jesus takes up every part of my life. In him we live and move and have our being, as Acts 17, I think it is, says. Awesome. Let's keep reading. Verse 18. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, guys. <laughs> awesome. Verse 18, he says this. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Can you say with me, he has called me? Can you say with me, he has called you? Awesome. That's just so you make sure that you're not talking to me and I'm not talking to you. You're talking about yourself in one of those. But Jesus has called you. And so thirdly, we need to contend for one another's callings. We need to contend for each other's callings. I don't know how else to say it except to say that Jesus has called you. 
The Bible is so clear that Jesus has called you individually, yes, as a local church. He's called you as a local church, but individually, Jesus has called you. There's an individual calling on your life. And I think it's 1 Corinthians, I've got it down here, 1 Corinthians 7, 17. It says this, it says, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to, just as God has called them. And so there's an individual calling on your life, and I, don't, I can't speak into it this morning, but I just need to tell you, and you need to know, that God has called you. There's an individual calling on your life, that you are called to make disciples. You as a local church, but you as an individual, you're called to make disciples. Matthew 28. I don't know if you knew it was coming, but it was coming, hey? It says, all, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go and make disciples of all nations, not just Durban, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the end of the age. So there's a calling on your life to make disciples. I love that the, the, the gospel, what we're called to reach people with, that it, takes, it doesn't take bad people and make them good. It takes dead people and it makes them alive. That's what the gospel does. And we have the most incredible adventure of a lifetime that we, are called, we play a role in that. That we take dead people, spiritually dead people, physically dead as well. I mean, lay hands on dead people and they will be healed and raised back to life. But we take spiritually dead people, dormant people, and we make them alive with the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. It's the most incredible privilege to be given purpose, to be able to have a calling, an individual calling by God. It's a call for every follower of Jesus. My grandfather, he said this, he says that it's the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. And so I hope you're hearing this this morning, friends, that you are called by God. And when we are unsettled in our calling, when we're not sure, and I've met people all around the world, I have the wonderful privilege of being able to travel often, and I love it, hey, but, but I meet people around the world that are very unsettled in their calling. And I'm looking at them going, man, the call, the call of God is so evident on your life, and you don't even believe it. And when we are unsettled in our calling, what always happens is we begin trying to please people. And whenever any criticism comes, you're finished, you're done, <laughs> you're lost, you're, you're broken, you're like unrecoverable. And so we've got to be settled in our callings, that God has called us. And when we begin people-pleasing, I'll get reminded of Galatians 1, where Paul says, if I was still trying to please people, I wouldn't even be a servant of Christ. Not just a leader, a servant of Jesus Christ. So maybe what he's saying there is, how can you even be a follower of Jesus if you're living for the approval and you're living to please people? Do what God has called you to do. Be who God has called you to be. And don't, know that if you're trying to people please, you'll end up never pleasing anyone, to be honest. Not everyone's always going to be happy, but you're not called to people please. And as a base church, Please hear this this morning, Glenridge. You are not to people, please. You're not called to people, please. Be who God's called you to be. Be who God has made you. 
to be it. So maybe this morning we need to settle in our hearts that God's called us. Maybe this morning is the morning where you settle in your heart. You know what? God, I hear you. You have called me. I know that you've called me, and I want to walk into it faithfully. Awesome. Let's keep reading. Middle of verse, where are we at? 18. Where's my wonderful screen, legendary people? I think it's middle of verse 18. It says this next. It says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, in the saints, another translation says. And so lastly, this morning is, is we need to keep contending for our future. Now, this is a big deal, friends. We need to keep contending for our future. You know, when you're a base church, when God's called you to be a base church, I mean, every local church is called to be a base church, but, but when God has called you to be a significant base church, we need to contend for the future. And I love that. I love seeing this morning young people. And I was here three years ago when we, uh, my dad did an ordination, ordained a, a few elders uh, uh, three years ago in, in like May of 2019. But but it was awesome to see a bunch of young kids up, there, up here worshiping Jesus and then three years later to come back and see it again. It's awesome. But we are called to keep contending for the next generation. You cannot please, friends, don't make decisions for this local church and for your lives based on the here and now. You must be thinking about your children and your children's 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 children. It's, it's, it's amazing. You're generational. A base church is about all nations and all generations. And I love looking around seeing all these generations, all these, I mean, everyone in here is under the age of 40, but, but it's awesome <laughs> to see all these generations in this place this morning. But keep contending for this. Keep fighting for it. Keep building with the next generation. My dad's always said that if you want to build for the next generation, you need to build with the next generation. And I, I feel so privileged. I feel like I'm hopefully living fruit and proof of that. I've seen in my own life how people have risked with me at a young age. Uh, my TK and Sandy, they had me leading a connect group at, at 16 years old. And I mean, that's, that's not smart. It's not dumb, but it's not smart. But just people risking with me. My dad, my parents risking with me my whole life and including us and involving us in the right things and involving us in the bigger picture. And I hope and pray and believe that what I'm walking in now, the fruit that I'm walking in now, is because people have risked with me my whole life. And it's been such an incredible privilege. So don't risk with character. That's not what I'm saying. Hey, Stan? But, but, but risk with people. And I want to challenge you. What are you building into the next generation? Because you're called to be a base church, a generational, serious about generations, so what are you building into the next generation? And God, our wonderful God who we say that we are like, He is about generations. So God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doesn't just think in weeks, months, and years. He thinks in generations. So what are we building now that's going to impact generations to come into the future? So as I mentioned, if you're older, Whatever older means. If you're older than me, <laughs> risk with young people. Again, not character, but risk with opportunity. And according to um, Hebrews 11, where, where um, the writer writes about what faith is, it says faith is, 
is, is being sure of what we do not see. And so in other words, if it's, if it's, if it's riskless, it's faithless. And so keep risking, keep taking opportunities. There's an eldership team here that's here to back everything that goes sideways. <laughs> but keep risking and keep bringing people through and bringing opportunity. And keep reminding young people that they have a role to play in this. Not into the future, now. That there's a role for them to walk into now. And with the sphere of influence that you've been given as an older person, I ask you, would you please include others, include younger people in that. In what God's entrusted with you, would you entrust to bring others through in it? And then young people here today, see some young, wonderful faces, through masks mostly, but still wonderful faces. You got to hear that you have a huge role to play in this. In the kingdom of God, you have a huge role to play. Not to the, into the future, right now, right here and now, there's a huge role for you to play, but you have got to be faithful to walk into it. Others can give you the opportunities, but you have got to be faithful with what's been entrusted to you to be able to walk into it. And so stay faithful and stay teachable. I meet some young people and they think they're the most coolest big shot guys are like, and I'm like, man, and they just come in and they just ate to heck with everything, everyone else that's gone before me and Stay humble, stay teachable, realize that you've got something to give, yes, of course, but you have also got a lot to learn, and, and God speaks so much. If you can stay humble, Jesus entrusts you with revelation of Him, and it comes sometimes through leaders and through other people. The Bible says to those who have been given a trust, they must prove faithful. So will you prove faithful? When, when God gives you opportunities, will you prove faithful? And, and, and God is the one who promotes you got to hear that, that man does not promote. We, I mean, leaders see the call of God, but it's man, or sorry, it's God who promotes. God brings the promotion. And so be authentic, be real, be who God's called you to be. Continue to grow, grow and work on your character, and I promise you God's going to work out the calling. God's going to make it happen. He knows exactly what he's doing, but continue to grow in all of that. Is that okay? Awesome. I've hit my time limits. Will you, is this okay? Can you guys stand? Is that okay? Stand? Stand. Can we stand? <laughs>